Hey everybody, welcome to ExoSquad Goals, the ExoSquadcast podcast. I'm Chris Mastalone. I'm Ryan Harney. And on this podcast, we talk about ExoSquad. So we're talking about Season 2, Episode 9, The Inner Dark. Um, this episode was written by the writing team, if you will, of uh, Mark Edens, James Carlson, and Terrence McDonald, who also did Abandon the Ultimate Weapon. This episode's kind of a sequel to The Ultimate Weapon, so we'll just like, you know... We'll just blow through it. Hey, Ryan, did you like this episode? Uh, I did. I liked it a lot. Um, I think the uh, like the the season's definitely gotten darker as it's gone along. Um, but I think the tone is just like the tone's getting darker, and I think the episodes are be are go are becoming of higher quality. Yeah, the episodes are getting inner and darker. Um, so <laughs> in this episode, we basically are on chaos. Okay, the pirates are building ships. A guy with, like, a ball sack on his chin blows it up, just stands there watching the explosion, looking suspicious. No one thinks twice about it. Admiral Winfield's like, I need someone some bucket trusts to find out what's really going on. You mean me, right? You saved his life. Sambaka respects you as a fighter. So now we get to, like, a toy moment. And we haven't had this in a long time because Algernon's like, With the facilities Sambaka has provided, I've been able to improve our E-frame technology. We're going to introduce new special powers for our E-frames. Which are dope, uh, uh, but are definitely attempts to sell toys. Like, oh, hells yeah. Like, they literally, they go through, I wrote it down in order. Marsala can cloak his E-frame. Takagi has a holographic decoy. Delion has, like, an EMP device. Bronski literally just has a grenade that shits little, little grenades. Maggie has chain lightning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Marge's is clearly the best. Oh well, yeah, he has the solar flare, which like just kills everything. Yeah, it, um, it, yeah, it just makes a sphere of fire and incinerates everything. And uh, my favorite though is that Torres has basically like a rocket fist, and I'm like, yeah, of course, because she's really into fisting. Nailed it. Yeah, I'm sorry, I just had to. Um, sorry, Sarge. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, Chris is on vacation this week, so that's why it's just the two of us. We're gonna do a little. A little quicker guy, just get this, uh, get a little action going. But, uh, you know, so. Yeah, the, uh, the, the, I will say the animation on the new powers, though, are sweet. But it is, it is straight up like, like, oh, man, you got the regular version. Now you need the version with, the, now you need, like, the deluxe version with sound and you need to put batteries in it. Like, that's what that is. With extra fisting action. <laughs> <laughs> my Torres came with a tube of lube the you see Chris isn't here so we can do this yeah no, <laughs> one's, no, no one's here to stop us <laughs> um, uh, yeah so before we got to the demonstration I forgot to say uh, our good friend Barca is talking to Hollis it's Christmas time in Hollis Queens and he's just like you know <laughs> Hollis, you remember, <laughs> you remember when Simbaka tried to get you killed on Sinope? And Hollis is like, yeah. And he's like, well, you should go kill him, right? And he's like, I guess I, should, I guess I should. So he jumps in like a fucking Phaeton frame and like busts into the weapons demonstration and fucking glocks Simbaka. But like, you know, as the Ryan Hardy Law of Lasers says, Simbaka doesn't die. He's just in really bad shape. Also, why is everybody like t- like what Barca says is like cannot must be obeyed like like yeah like everyone everyone listens to like Barca like Barca's in like me he's like a lieutenant and he's in meetings with like the admirals and says something and Simbaka's <laughs> like 
yes, Barca has a point. Like, <laughs> like Hallis is like, Hallis like is like, yeah, no, Barca said Simbaka's trying to, my, my admiral and my personal hero is definitely trying to kill me. I better go kill him. Like, yeah. he's clearly a villain. Like, his voice is like, <laughs> comically like. Yeah, it's the most over-the-top villain voice there is. Um, And he's he literally has the twirliest mustache in the fucking game. He looks like he should be like, Tying a woman to roller to train tracks every single moment, and he's like, like <laughs> seems to be like the smartest person in the pirates. Like he's like yeah. running circles around the other guys. Like, well, you know, it's like this episode definitely reinforces the fact that like Hollis is the dumbest motherfucker in the fleet. Like he is like pure of heart, but stupid as a rock. He's so dumb. Like basically, everyone's like. Yo, who's that guy? Oh, it's Hollis because he's the only pilot who know or pirate who knows how to fly an E-frame. Um, they chase him through uh, Port Chaos and go through the slums. They buzz a couple of guys who are wearing like sweet capes, and uh, eventually Hollis glocks Marsh. His frame freezes up, and they have to find him on foot. Get my E-frame operational, Mags. Marsala, you stay with her. The rest of us will fan out and search for Hollis on foot. Shouldn't we let the pirates find Hollis? They will resent our intrusion. We have to. We don't know which pirates we can trust. Hollis might be a part of a larger conspiracy. And if he acted on his own, I want to know why. So this leads to a great scene where they go to like a pirate bar and Sparka and Hollis are in the back. And Hollis is like, Barker, you have to save me. He's like, yes, I will save you because you're my friend. I will take you to the Renegades. And Hollis is like, thanks, Barker. You're the only friend I have. And it's the most heartbreaking shit ever. Barkley is a bad dude. He is a bad guy. Like, yeah, he's not a fucking good man. Dude, straight up. He treats as much as Hollis is like a weenus. He is like a good dude. And like, and he's really trusting. And like, Barkley treats him like garbage. It's basically like the cartoon equivalent of like kicking a puppy. You know, like this dude is like, you know, Hollis, all, all Hollis wants to do is like, fight with people he respects like marsh and you know simbaka and bark is just like hey you remember he tried to kill you and Hollis is like oh yeah yeah who's shiny you know and they just need to fucking like i don't know but so meanwhile uh simbaka's in the icu and fucking the doctors are like yep probably gonna die but uh algernon shows up and he's like hold up son i've been studying the pirate's physiology Prolonged exposure to dark matter has caused the hyperactivity of the nervous system, which accounts for the pirates' violent mood swings and emotional instability. For the pirates, full-spectrum therapy should reduce the hyperactivity and allow the neural pathways to reestablish themselves. You propose to save this man's life with light? So that's his big strategy. But then, Barca goes to the exo-squad and is like, Hey guys, guess what? Hollis is with the renegades. I told him to go there. And when you get to their base, take every left. So they get there and Marsh, for the first time in the show, is just like, nah, fuck Barca. We're going right. JT Marsh is such a savage. He's the only guy who like even questions stuff like, but they show like, okay, there's one moment I want to go back and like actually dwell on for a second. Uh, When they're in the pirate bar, there's like a bartender who's all fucked up and he's got like robot arms and shit. And he throws a drink in uh, Marsh's face when he asks him about like where Hollis is and Takagi wants to start a fight and Marsh takes him outside and 
He's like, Hey, look, Exofleet spent a fortune teaching you how to fight, learning how to walk away from a fight. Well, that's something you got to pick up on your own. And I love that because it's kind of, we haven't seen it in a while where Marsh is like that paternal figure. We just seen him kind of as combat man. So it's kind of nice to go back to him like teaching. Yeah. Having him, having him like coach Chicago like that and to have that like Zen nonviolent thing going on is very cool. Yeah, because, I mean, a big thing with this episode is there are a couple of times Marsh has the chance to, like, take out uh, Hollis, but he always gives him, like, a second chance. He wants to capture him and figure out what the hell's going on. Um, so, basically, they go to uh, the renegade clans who set up an ambush, and uh, Hollis is like, yeah, we're going to kill some Baca, and they're like, no, we're waiting for the Exo Squad. And <laughs> Balchin turns to talk to his, like, lieutenant, and then he's like, Open fire when they reach the center of the caverns. Hollis, I want you... Hollis! Stop him! The Exo Squad gets the drop on them. They kind of fuck shit up, but they find a giant secret ship. Man, get a load of that. I have never seen a ship more magnificent or more deadly. It's the Resolute 2 we're introduced in this. So basically, they steal that. Um, yeah. Rita Torres, like, rips a guy off a ladder and basically crushes him to death off screen, which is nasty. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, they, <laughs> they're they like, this ship doesn't have any engines. And Marsh is like, eh, fuck it. So he presses the launch button, and it literally just shows the ship, like, killing, like, thousands of people. It's kind of great. It, like, levels the entire, entire port, like, as it, like, rips free from the Earth. It's sick. So at the end, you get, you know, Simbaka's like, well, you stole this thing. It's yours. Marsh is like, nah, dog. It's not mine. He's like, well, it's the alliances then. And then Winfield's like, well, I'll finish this circle jerk. Simbaka, you're the captain. And Hollis comes in and he does a Lawrence of Arabia moment where he gives Simbaka his gun and says, I was wrong about you. You would not sacrifice another for your ambition. Now you hold my life in your hands. No man attacks me and lives. Simbaka, no! We need Hollis. Lieutenant Marsh is right. We need everyone we've got if Phaeton's going to be defeated. Revenge is a luxury we can't afford. So then Hollis pledges his undying loyalty to Simbaka because of a life debt. So, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. Like, it's pretty sick. It's, yeah, it's a really... It's a very good moment for, like, cementing the Exo Fleet and the pirates together. Resolving the Hollis thing is really cool. And having Hollis be, like, super loyal to Simbaka is really sweet. Um, and, yeah, the launch of the Resolute, like, I don't know. The Exo Fleet of the Resolute is raw. Like, it doesn't feel right. And, like, having the Resolute 2 be a pirate ship that is also a member of the Exo Fleet, I feel like is a very cool symbolic image of, like, they're united, right? Like this isn't a this is both a pirate and exofleet vessel. And Hala and Hala and their Hala is now an exo pilot and like Simbaka like it's I don't know. It's a cool so Yeah, Simbaka's the car- uh, the captain now. Yeah, so he's, he's like oh, but he's like he's a member of the exofleet like Mhm. Yeah. Well, it's pretty cool like so like I said these guys wrote um they wrote Abandoned, which is the episode where um Captain Marcus and his buddies take over the fleet, right? Yeah. So, so you get that. These guys also wrote the Ultimate Weapon, where 
you know, Hollis, the fleet basically is coming together. And they wrote this one where the fleets get cemented. So I think that's like kind of interesting that they had the this team do those three like major beats with getting the fleet together, you know? Yeah, I definitely those are three. Yeah, that's an interesting collection of three episodes. I dig that. But uh, yeah, and just like random stuff. Uh, Bronski decides to use his cluster bomb against like unarmored civilians and like workers that are just hanging around. Man, you shouldn't make Wolf Bronski mad. Which is kind of uh, kind of fucked up. Yeah, that happens. That happens pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, getting a little getting a little comfortable with the atrocities uh, in the scene. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Fucking Bronski's just like whatever. I was in a death march. You've seen too much, uh, man. Yeah, he, he he didn't come back the same after Dragon's Rock. Yeah, let the children play. Worry for another day here on Dragon's Rock. Um, uh, but yeah, dude, like fucking solid ass episode. Yeah, you know, like it's pretty straightforward. A lot kind of happens, but it's pretty much the capstone on the series of episodes we've had, where it's like, are the pirates with us? Are they not with us? What's going on? And I'm hoping we can kind of get to the the good stuff. You know, yeah. Not that this isn't good, but you know. Yeah, it's it is it's 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 the like the building up of the teams is like like we're in the we're in the two towers portion of the Exo Squad saga. Like we're meeting all the different factions and we're like seeing who's on whose side. And now we're going to get to like the retaking of the home worlds, which is like going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, no, we're definitely building up for some like sick, sick shit. Yeah. So, so like. And you know. Resolute 2 is awesome. The Resolute 2 is a really cool ship. Yeah, no, and I, I love that. I love the idea that, like, I mean, well, we'll get into it in a second, but, like, I love the idea that they were, like, we need to have a central flagship, and we're going to make it something special, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, well, I'll get, I'll get into it in a second, but, you know, good episode? Yeah, I think so. I definitely think so. I like... Visually, it's very cool. Um, the plot is a little rushed. Like, I would have liked to see the Hollis Sibaka thing kind of play out over like an episode of over maybe two or three episodes. But like, other than that, like as an episode that like they need to get they need to get on with it. I think it uh, I think it works out very well. No, definitely. I, I think so. And I, I will say one of my favorite things was actually getting to see a little bit of like pirate life that's not on an asteroid or a ship where it's like they have bars and kind of they live in hovels you know yeah so yeah and wear capes yeah any any kind of uh any kind of uh like space slum is awesome I'm yeah yeah uh, and I, I i like that they yeah, and they talk too about like a little uh how simbaka made these deals but the pirate clans on chaos aren't like under his control like it's kind of still a weird like democracy thing yeah it's like yeah it's like it's not run by simbaka yeah he's just like the strongest guy so there's still some there are still elements that he needs to uh get everyone in line which i kind of love yeah totally and he also needs to get bark under control because that dude is manipulating every single person on this show right now like yeah and and at the end of this episode he it's not like he gets shot out of a airlock or something he, Everyone's just like, yep, we can't trust him. But he hasn't done anything outright uh, murderable, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, he's, yeah, because he's not, he's not dead. Like, he's, he's, he's just kind of doing his thing. Um, yeah, he went back to his, like, bar and 
just twirling his mustache some more. Yeah. Uh, he does give a stellar performance in this arc, though. As, like, a secondary villain, he's, like, he's, like, really done. He's really pulled his weight. Like, he's done yeah. more to harm the Exo fleet than, like, Typhonus and Draconis combined. I was going to say, this is the first episode in a long time that we have where there are no, I mean, aside from Marsala, there are no Neo-Sapiens. Like, it's all human-on-human violence. Yeah, that is a good point. And, like, yeah. It kind of, it, it kind of, like, um, I like that they're showing it's not a united front, but also, again, we've kind of been down this road a few times. But I guess it, it ties up uh, the Sinope attack and the Ultimate Weapons storyline pretty well. Yeah, and and I really do think there's, like, something very important to the image of, like, the Resolute 2 also can cloak. So it's, like, simultaneously a pirate ship and an exofleet ship. And, like, I think that image of that ship... Because that ship's, like, going to fight Phaeton's ship at some point, right? Like, that's going to happen. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, like, having it be, like, from two sides versus, like, Phaeton's, which is this, like, oppressed, like, inhuman, like, spaceship, um, I think is, uh, I think is important. Wait, wait, Sorry. do you hear that? Yeah, my, my <laughs> phone went off. Um, <laughs> that was awesome yeah i i was uh i was i was fiddling i was uh i was fiddling with it and it turned on a youtube video and that was the intro <laughs> that 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 is pretty that is pretty sick um, so if you were for swabs and us some money we advertise on your we advertise on our podcast for you so yeah exactly yeah. whether you like it or not yeah um check payable to exosquad goals at gmail.com <laughs> find this at exosquad goals on twitter send me money too <laughs> yeah hashtag send me money i'll say my mvp for this episode is barca just because dude's the biggest like heel in the fleet and fucking he's just he's just doing it man he's twirling that mustache and just rocking it yeah I, i'm i'm gonna give it up to hollis for just like he's <laughs> He's one like he's he's clearly like the he's going he's like the face of like the new generation of of pirates and he's just the worst the least likable character maybe on the show like he's so annoying and like so lame and like I don't know I I think I think I think the fact that he powers on despite that is is cool Yeah no I mean when when he hands him Baka the gun and for a second you're like yeah do it do it that's not that's not a great sign for a character's longevity. No, uh, yeah, he's he's not like like there's nothing about Hollis that's interesting. Like he's just yeah, he just listen. He does whatever Barkett tells him, which is obviously bad. And like he has an unusually deep voice for someone who appears to be like 16 years old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, he's very much like the cast Takagi kind of like. This kid, this guy's dumb like a kid. You're a kid like this guy. Yeah. You know? But when you get older, you're like, this guy's a fucking moron, you know? Yeah, you're 100% right. He's definitely like, uh, he's definitely like cast, like he's their cat. He's the, the pirates, uh, cast Akagi. Also, while we're on the subject, I do want to point out that if like the exoframes, going back to the Algernon thing, like if the exoframes can become invisible or make a double, like, why would you ever make the double? Like, the clo- just make the fighter also cloak. Like, that's clearly <laughs> better. Like, that's the better ability. 
<laughs> yeah, dude, fucking like, it's like, oh, I'm fighting a battleship. Well, I guess there are two ships that I need to shoot. Yeah. Okay, done. Right. Like, All right, listen, we can either make it, unle- we, we can either make it look like there are two of you to make like half of them shoot at you or none of them can see you because you're invisible. All right. Like, like yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, Algernon was phoning it in on that one. Yeah. For, um, um, well, this, sorry, this episode also for me does cement Farentino's uh, assertion that Simon Pegg should be uh, Professor Algernon in the movie. Oh yeah, I absolutely. Think, I think I think I think this episode would really be like a shitty moment for for uh, for Simon Pegg. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah. Um, can Nick Frost be British uh, Bronski then? Oh yeah, <laughs> dude, loving where your head's at. Yes. Yeah, it, it's going places, man. He, um, he would be a great Barca. He would. It's just like, <laughs> like Who's chummy, this? right? Because like that's that's one thing that I think the voice, like the voice acting of this character, is not super good at portraying. Is that like Bark is everyone's friend, right? Like, yeah, he like 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 Jubail, like he talks to Jubail because he's like a rely, like like he's like an older dude who like is not super high in the ranks to so, like. Hollis trusts him, but he's also like been around, so like he's like everyone's best friend, and that's what makes him so dangerous. But like his portrayal as like a snidely whiplash villain, like doesn't carry that. Like doesn't like that's what he's supposed to be like for the pirates. Well, you know, could you ever see him being like, Hollis, I brought you a poppy. Happy birthday. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> like, no, like yeah, like because he's supposed to like because. It's kind of like Hollis is like he's mentoring Hollis, right? Like he's provi- he's like advising him. And like if you were anything other than idiot, you'd be like, this person is clearly had to get me like yeah. twirling his mustache as we speak. Like, <laughs> you fool. Congratulations on your second anniversary in Hatton Simbaka's flagship. <laughs> it's like not, nothing will ever be like a good, you know, <laughs> Joe Bell. Yes, yes, Barca. I just called to say I love you. <laughs> like, it's not going to work out well. Like, imagine imagine having that guy at your office and having to make small talk. Like, <laughs> I watched the local sports team last night on the television. <laughs> the Giants of New York kicked a field goal. <laughs> like, I sure you know. do love this, the nanny, am I right? Am yeah. I right, everyone? Friend, friend Dreschler, what a dish. <laughs> like, I can't believe that Rachel chose him on the Bachelorette. <laughs> when they came down to the last rose, I was like, "No, don't give it to Hollis." But she did. The fool. Oh man, uh, uh, Barka, that that vocal performance is the best. It's so good. That character is just—he's so. The pirates are so good. There's like. Cause they're like yeah. they're like Peter Pan pirates, but like also war criminals. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, for real. Like they, the, like when they show them like raiding that like Wally like pleasure cruise, you're like, oh, that's kind of a funny thing. Oh, they killed all those people, and there was like, that's like there are war crimes that are happening there. Like, also, no one appears to be going to jail for murdering those like freighter crewmen in episode one. Like the dudes that did that are like on our work on the resolute two now. Like, yeah, the guy, the guy who murdered that crew who basically helped start the war is they're literally in charge of the flagship. So take that for what it is. Like, uh, things are 
Yeah, there are some compromises that are not being talked about, but whatever. <laughs> Simbach is uh, cool enough, though. Whatever. Yeah, dude, Simbach is the shit. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna we're gonna do a quick plug, and then I want to get to some uh, Q and A stuff. If that's cool with you, my man. Yeah, that's rock and roll. Okay, first, just because Chris isn't here, go to Two Loopy Ladies on Etsy. Get a hat. Get some rough underwear. Um, they'll knit it for you. Whatever you need, socks. Um, a nose cover, who knows? Uh, also, two five films. That's Chris's video thing. Check that out. He has a book. Um, Necropolis. Yeah, Necropolis. It's the sickest shit ever. Really good. Um, really good. It's it's based on my life. So, you know, just keep that in mind. I don't think it is. It happened, to Chris. All that stuff happened, to Chris. Exactly. This Chris. Um, but yeah, check that shit out. And uh, yeah, go go to our website. Throw us a couple of bucks on a Patreon. Help us buy a new Chris. Uh, if we actually gave him money, he wouldn't be on vacation right now. Then again, how can you take a vacation from some, something that doesn't pay? Right? Right? <laughs> um, okay. Uh, let's. We asked you guys for some questions on the Twitter. And uh, we got a couple of responses. So I'm just going to rapid fire some ones. Uh, these are from the Fortune Teller podcast. Uh one, which E-frame upgrade is your fave? Which one sucks? Which ones would you swap out? Uh, we both agree double decoys sucks. Sucks. Uh, um, solar flare, I think, is the best. Fisting. Next. Fisting really good. <laughs> okay, that's getting isolated forever. Yeah. Um, two, uh, Hollis was forgiven. I think it's, you know, I always found it, the question was, I always found it weird that uh, Hollis was pretty much forgiven. Uh, I, I think it works out because they're doing like the life debt thing and it's a quick kind of honorary way to get out of that situation, kind of put it to rest, you know? Yeah, totally. And it also, I think it also does, it also adds a nice point to like the pirate code, right? Like Simbaka kind of knows that he was, he was under, he was under false assumptions and he's such a good warrior that like, sim, like, like killing, trying to kill someone in the pirate clans is not as big a deal as it is in like, normal art society yeah two things for me one i love that no matter what happens we can always say pirate code just you know yep so that's just how it goes um and two he's literally the only e-frame pilot in the fleet and he got way better since last time so it makes sense to keep him around yeah he's he's a valuable asset and like i don't know he seems popular okay the uh <laughs> the, the, this is a question that's been is kind of echoed by a lot of people but what about the pirates secretly building an exact replica of the Exo Fleet flagship in secret? Yeah, um, <laughs> it's kind of like, how'd you guys do that? Yeah, you know. So this is like that, um, that Enterprise, that like Enterprise A thing, right? Where like, like they couldn't have figured out how to build the spaceship in three months. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's. How long does it take to build a starship? Like, well, you know, it's it's funny. It appears like there are like twenty guys who are actually working on the thing, and I don't know. What gets me is that the uh, the pirates, you know, they're kind of using the same ships they've always used. So I'm like, where they get all the fucking shit for it? Was that why they were raiding uh, like those cargo freighters and stuff? Maybe, yeah. or is that like too much headcanon? Yeah, because like, because like, I don't know. Like that seems to be a massive expenditure, and like, 
I don't yeah. know. I, I guess the premise, I guess as a kid, I always just kind of accepted that, like, like the pirates, like, once they formed that alliance and the Resolute was, because the Resolute was blown up when they go to visit the pirates, right? Yeah, pretty much. It's like, it's right, it's, I mean, Chronicle, well, I guess it's been a year or so, right? Because they, yeah. uh, between season one and two, there, or is it one year or five years? It's, 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 it's one year between, they, they're arrested for a year and then they're, I don't know. It's 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 been, but yeah, it's been a bit since the since the resolute, and I guess the pirates since they've been in an alliance, the pirates have known that they that the resolute has been destroyed. So I guess I don't know. Yeah, yeah no. it's weird, but like I I think I can I think I can accept it. Yeah, no, and you know, like there's some kind of jokes on the the Twitter sort of about like you know, and I forget if this actually happens, but if it doesn't, it should have where the exo fleet's just like oh man this it looks good but this thing's kind of shitty like you know yeah because it's built by pirates and not fucking trained engineers right um just like dudes (laughs) dudes with like skulls on everything this be the this be the engine (laughs) (laughs) we took the engines from a pinto and put it in the carrier um But yeah, you know, it's uh, I'm excited to see where this is all going to go, you know, with uh, with the fleet action, with the team finally being assembled. You know, we've got our jump troops. We've got our space pirates. Yeah, we've got our troop, our exo. Yeah. Yeah, we've met all the players like we know who's we know who's where. Um, Yeah, I mean, we're going to meet those exoscouts at some point. Oh but. yeah, that's coming up too. The ex the exoscouts are great. Uh, yeah, definitely one of them's like Bronsky's bastard child for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. There's definitely some like weird genetic stuff going on there. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that's there's a bunch of like alternate like there's a bunch of like alternate teams in this season, right? With like the jump troops and the exo squad and the exo scouts and like the pirate e frames for that one episode. Like, uh, yeah, no, you know, it, it's like. If I remember, I think they kind of flesh out some of the other squads a little bit more. Um, but I like that we're in that point where if they want to, I think we go after Venus pretty soon. If I remember, it's been a while. Yeah. But James, James, James Burns is taking center stage. Yeah. <laughs> Six, yeah 16 man. year old, 35 year old James Burns is ready to rock and roll. <laughs> He's got Hollis syndrome. Do you think that's like black lung in the, in their future? Uh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> Their food has just gotten so testosterone like laden that like people just have puberty at like five years old. <laughs> Mom, Dad, James, <laughs> I have to go to karate practice. <laughs> oh, and what's that under your pillow? The Easter Bunny. <laughs> he left me a dollar. And like Holland, Wait, the Easter like, Bunny, like fucking Tooth Fairy. What the hell am I saying? It's, 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 it, 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 the joke still works. Joke still, <laughs> the bit, the bit plays. Um, <laughs> oh, so good, man. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited too. I'm, I'm also excited to get. I don't know. The pirate stuff is the pirates themselves are awesome, but like the pirate storylines are not are not as compelling as they could be. And I'm excited. I'm excited to. Uh, I'm excited to uh, see them like with the Neo Sapiens again, and like the Resistance again. Like I think it's good to be see, see those dudes again. 
Now, here's a question for you. Like, would you have rather seen kind of like when they did, you know, in the first season, they'd have an arc of like three or four episodes on one thing than another. Would you rather seen all the pirate stuff like in like a five episode arc just get taken care of completely as opposed to like, you know, sort of being peppered out? Peppered throughout or I don't know. I think I like seeing multiple storylines going on currently. I think I think like 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 knowing that like this like the serious mission is going on at the same time as like the resistance stuff. I think I think as a depth to it that I appreciate now that I'm older. Yeah, I mean, I thinking about it, I kind of like it makes the war feel bigger. Yeah, you know totally. that they're they're doing like this operation here, and there's the you know the attack on Sinope before that, and they have to refit. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's like it's like when you were a kid and you read like Tom Clancy novels, and like there's like ten characters, like there's ten plot lines going on all at once, and they all like intersect, like. This was like the kids TV version of that, which is sweet. Yeah, for real. Um, and again, it's something if you were younger, you just didn't see anywhere else. You know, unless you're watching like Macross or, you know, Macross, I should say, I guess, or uh, uh, Gundam or some shit. Yeah, you totally. Know? I do remember. I do really remember like being like like ExoSquad is like different from most of the other television that I watch. Like. Like Batman and X Men, like Batman the animated series was like were not as like plot or not were like not as complex plot wise as Exo Squad was. Well, like, you know, it's kind of like, yeah. Well, well, you know, it's kind of like we uh, we're kind of talking a little bit about it. How you know, if you turned on any episode of Batman, you were just good. Yeah. You know, it didn't matter if it was Killer Croc, the Joker, whatever. It didn't matter how many of the times the Joker showed up. Um, there was really no you know, uh, continuity. But like, if you just turned on a random episode of Exo Squad, you know, if you turned on an episode from like season one, episode three versus like season two, episode like 20, um, there'd be a world of difference and people would not be there that were there. So, you know, it's kind of interesting to see that, that change and sort of like, I don't know, the, the continuation. And I remember being as a kid being like, like you said, there's nothing like this going on right now. Yeah, I I definitely it was it was it was awesome. Like as a kid, being like this show, this is like new. Like um, it was like it was like when I first heard like punk rock, I was like, oh, like music can be way better than current music. Like, yeah, man. Yeah, dude. F- fucking reading Sam Shepard plays back in the day. <laughs> Hell yeah! Kind of a true story, but like, that's awesome, dude. That fucking yeah. Rules. Well, I was, I was like, I was like, I didn't know you could do this with like writing, like plays. I thought it was all fucking like Shakespeare and shit. Yeah, like like Exo Squad, like like knowing now that as an adult that it was like an um, attempt to create an anime for America, like it makes a lot of sense because like I didn't really watch anime as a kid, and like this had all the stuff that like I thought I wanted from tell wanted from like animated television. Like yeah, I mean it's it's really a lot of the stuff that we want from like all television now. I mean, like hell the fact that, you know, I was thinking about this actually, like I want to know your opinion on this. I actually think it weakens the show to have the new intro for season two because it says to the viewer, these are your main characters and there's like a 99% chance they're not going to die. You know, Hmm. 
I, so like like when you see like the jump troops like colleen o'reilly and you know all those guys you know uh perrier no he's not that Pellegrino. Uh, the uh you know it's like when i see them when i'm watching that whole episode i'm like oh these guys have like a title card they're gonna be around for a couple of episodes you know there's no like there's not much tension that shit's gonna go super wrong you know yeah so i totally feel that i totally understand where you're coming from um I guess two things that that make me feel okay about it is that uh, a couple in a couple instances people on the title cards do die. Uh, True, which is cool. Um, and I don't know. I I think I I see where you're coming from. I don't think I don't think Exo Squad is like has that Game of Thrones level obsession with like the characters being in danger. Like yeah. it kind of needs all of them to tell the story. Like no, I, I agree with that. Like. And that's like, like, while I do feel, I do feel that, um, I, at the same time, I do kind of stand where you are, you know what I mean? Where it's like, I'm no worse because they, we meet a lot of other characters, like, you know, freaking, well, it's Mark of anime. How many times do you, you know, you have the main intro with all the characters doing cool stuff and then someone gets killed in like the first season. Yeah, dude. You know, they'll still be in the intro, but you know, yeah. And to be fair, that does happen in Exosquad, which is pretty. Somebody, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but somebody gets iced. Yeah, fucking st- hard core. Gets nerettied, like. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, man, fucking nerettied. Poor red shirt. Dude, R.I.P. You know. Nerettied, man. Uh, yeah, pour one out. Pour one out for Nerettied. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I think, well, I think that's... Uh, is there anything you want to pl- or any recommendations you want to make? I, I'll just say Spider-Man was pretty cool. I really liked Baby Driver personally. Yeah. Um, Netflix has a Castlevania series uh, which just showed up, which is actually really sweet. Um, and they got a season two already. Yeah, ordered. yeah, yeah. It is four episodes long, so it's basically like a mini movie. No, oh, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's good. It's written by uh, Warren Ellis, the guy who did Transmetropolitan. So. Oh, no shit. Yeah, it's quite... Um, it's quite cheeky. Uh, it's really, it's really good. Um, I would definitely recommend it. Uh, and the third season of iZombie is on Netflix. Uh, and that show rules. Is, did Ty write for that one? Uh, I don't know. She wrote for one of those zombie shows. I think she, did she write for like a sci-fi show? Like, yeah. Was that iZombie or? iZombie is, is on the CW. Uh, oh okay yeah it's a sci-fi one yeah. uh, whichever one that is that's awesome uh, but it's not a member of the CW cinematic universe yeah so Archie's not gonna show up no uh, although if Archie shows up in the in Arrow I think that would be wild that'd be the sickest shit ever yeah dude um, oh. hell Cody Rhodes has showed up there oh dude that, yeah dude that show is aw- that show is awesome Arrow is fantastic you might say it's too sweet um <laughs> <laughs> oh by the way speaking of which final thing i'm going to recommend is uh i'm taking chris's recommendations by the way uh we're splitting them up between me and ryan so yeah. there you go fairy um that fucking nobody's watching wrestling with the the drag queens watching reviewing wrestling is i think one of the funniest things i've seen in a long long time um it's on youtube it's great that's all yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I think that's uh, that's it for me. Um, yeah. Do you want to do the outro? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> any heroes this company?
No, sir. Well, we got we got we got to do the other part. Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, Eric Calderon does our uh, does our music. And uh, for Exo Squad Goals, I'm Ryan Hunterty. I'm Chris Mastalone. And here is this company. No, sir. Nailed it. Like, rate, and review. Yeah, send us, give us a review. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Also, yeah. write us a review. Um, share us with your friends. Um, de- um, yeah, recommend us. Review us. Uh, it super helps with our ratings. Um, and yeah. Uh, and at Extra Squad Goals on Twitter. Uh, Extra yeah. Squad Goals at gmail.com. Feel free to write. Uh, your question can be featured on the podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like Fortune Teller Podcast. Um, oh, yeah. What, what is it? Smack that subscribe button. Oh, uh, yeah. Like yeah, the kids yeah. say. Smash, smash that subscribe button, yo. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah. If you, uh, yeah. And uh, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. And if Chris is out again for another episode, we might just have to watch Conan the Barbarian and just review that. That is a thing instead. that we could do. Right. We could, guys, we could, just so you know, if you guys wanted to, we could watch other movies and review them. Like, yeah, you could you could you, we could give your opinion. Uh, we could give our opinions on almost anything you're interested in hearing us talk about. Hell, we could put up a poll on our Twitter and ask which of the three movies we want to talk about. You guys would like us to talk about. Right. And then we'll talk about Conan the Barbarian because that's the one. I'm yeah. About. Or, or like Robocop 2. But. Robocop 2 is awesome. Frank Miller wrote Robocop 2. Yeah. I'm just going to put Free Jack out there as another option yeah. just because. Mick Jagger in a giant armored assault vehicle. Yeah, that movie rules. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, Robot Jocks also sweet. If you're oh. uh, if you're having a rough weekend, uh, Robocops Robot Jocks is on uh, is on Amazon streaming, so you can uh, you can rent okay. It and then uh, well, yeah, I know what I'm doing tonight, dude. Robot Jocks Robot Jocks is awesome. That movie rules. It's uh, is that Don Coscarelli? I think it is, yeah. There's like a scorpion yeah. robot. There's still Soviet stuff in it, which is rad. Um, yeah, and they have like a robot fight and like, yeah, there's lots of really tight like jumpsuit stuff. It's so good. Yeah, it's the, it's the classic like in the future, war has like, war has been perfected to only robots, giant robots fighting each other. Um, and it's like an American and Soviet uh, and it, uh, it's, it's great. It's fantastic. It's basically everything Rocky wanted to be. Yeah. It's, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a better Rocky. I think. It's yeah. Better. But it didn't have giant robots. Right. Right. It's right. Much in much, much the same way. Rocky was lesser for not having giant robots. Robo jocks is better because it has giant robots. <laughs> They're cut to me. Yeah, obviously. Duh, it's science. Yeah. Yeah. If, if no robots equals bad, Robots equals good. Sorry. <laughs> the to go along with the Reinhardt law of lasers, it's the Reinhardt law of like you know associative robots. Right. There's a direct correlation between how good a movie is critically and how many robots there are in it. <laughs> However, after 2002, it all it, the formula reversed with the release of Transformers or whenever that came out. Right. Transform yeah, Transformers is an anomaly. Uh <laughs> Those movies are unwatchably bad. Oh, I, I saw the third one in theaters in 3D after like fucking getting hammered. And I thought I was going to die. Yeah. Literally die. The first five minutes of that movie where they explain that the space race was about Transformers is kind of rad. And then the movie's just unwatchable. Yeah. 
<laughs> and super racist. Super racist. <laughs> I do like the first one. I, I enjoy, yeah, oh yeah. I enjoyed the first one a lot. Uh, even the second wasn't terrible. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. Um, I'm just shocked they keep making them. I dude. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, oh, uh, yeah. Oh, and watch Quick and the Dead, and then tell us how great it is. Yeah, you know what? Um, watch that movie. Watch the Quick and the Dead. Then tweet unmasked to us so we can show someone we know who doesn't like that movie and show them how wrong they are right i would yeah we we want to show the world the quick and the dead is actually a really good movie so tweet watch it and then tweet at us that it's good oh. someday we'll do that with spider-man 3 bye bye It had, it had to end, man. Some, something had to kill it. I, I, I also, I, I also think, uh, I also really think that we should do a, uh, a burn notice, uh, pilot episode, but not pick an episode because you can do everyone exactly the same. Like, yeah, it's just the same episode. We just record one episode and repeat it over and over again. Right. Michael and either Sam or Fiona are relaxing. An assassin fires at them. They run away. <laughs> Michael creates an explosive. They run away. They go to his mom's house. His mom's friend has a problem. Michael asks why they can't go to the police. They give, I don't know, some reason. <laughs> 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 Michael puts one over on a local mobster oh, to man. get an item of importance while giving some spy advice. Michael loves Michael loves like pulling a chair next to a crime boss and telling them how it's going to be. That happens like every episode. <laughs> the, th- the thing I love is that it's like the crime boss never like go gets like arrested or anything. It's just like, hey, look, this is how it's going to be. We're going to take this car and we're going to give it to like, you know, Macho Gambino over there. And he's going to give us what we need. Comprende? C. Miami. One thing that is never discussed is like, yeah, I get he's burned and like his bank account isn't isn't like available and like his passport's frozen. But like he's going on a one man like vigilante crime spree like in the city of (laughs) Miami. Like crime is like he is like tearing through like MI6 and stuff. Like you think some reporter would go down there and be like, yo, what's up, dude? Yeah. Why are all these cars exploding every? week right in miami right. like the, the the drug war is not heating back up right. why is there so much gang violence and like automatic weapon fire eight eight out of ten kidnapping calls are canceled because the kid just shows back up yeah someone should look into this every single time there's a dude in a suit putting on sunglasses should we look into this nah man don't worry about it <laughs> the it's like wow every every octogenarian that has a problem with like organized crime suddenly doesn't have a problem a week later this right. is kind of amazing right. like dude our clearance rates are like nearing 100 percent, and no one like oh uh, should someone investigate this nah man like <laughs> <laughs> that show's amazing like, it really is like it's one of the best shows like ever and like you said it was literally almost ever it was like you could if you fell asleep during one episode and woke up like halfway through another episode 
happened happened to me multiple times. (laughs) Yeah, you'd be like, okay, I'll I'll roll with it. Sam probably got drunk somewhere and like crashed a speedboat or something. You know, this sure, why not? Different villain. All you have to do is figure out what part you're on, and then you can figure out the you can like extrapolate the rest. Like if you're if you're in the first chase, the guy behind them is the henchman, but not the boss. Uh, The guy in the front seat is the client and wherever like whatever kind of car they're driving to is the decor like rolling backwards. (laughs) Like, yeah, (laughs) it's like, oh, I woke up to the part where there is sexual tension between Fiona and Michael. (laughs) Like, all right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm about like 15 minutes in. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. Uh, face off in a. Uh, also, one thing about Miami, it appears to be almost fifty percent uh, abandoned airfields. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's dude. I was in Miami like a couple of months ago. The city's desolate. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just like wow. I didn't know there were this many airfields in this like in this small of a place. Like I, I love that it extrapolates Miami to being like the entire southern half of florida oh yeah any anything south of like of like tallahassee is like in an hour is is within like 20 minutes driving distance and and overlooks the ocean like <laughs> it's like i like that in like a little bit they're like we're gonna kind of do the cuban thing for a bit and uh, let's do the uh big suit miami yeah that, that's more our speed right michael sure yeah. okay i really i really wish they'd done that like you that thing they were playing in the usa characters universe and they were all going to do crossovers because like, oh, man, that'd be so good. A monk fucking bird notice crossover. crossover a uh, I think like a suits bird notice crossover would be wild. Like, oh, yeah, dude, that'd be sick. Yeah, I, I uh, a psych cross uh, a psych monk crossover would be sweet. Uh, <laughs> that, I loved psych, man. That was like not a great show, but an awesome show. Psych is I think psych came across. Psych came into my life at a very important time. Like I was living in California. I like didn't have a lot to do. And like I needed a show that was like plentiful and like of like reasonable quality. Like the pizza at Round Table Pizza, right? Like it does the it's not great, but it does the job and there's plenty of it, right? Yeah. Like, six six varieties, all taste vaguely the same. But it'll fill you up. Yeah, exactly. It still counts. It's what I want. Sometimes <laughs> that's all I want. And that's what Psych was, right? Like, it was always on. It was on for, like, seven hours a day. And then, <laughs> uh, yeah, it just ruled. 